He's the lead singer of the popular rock band Driving and Crying. Over his 35 plus years of creating music, he's released nine studio albums with said band and nine solo albums. What? <laughs> it's true. We'll, <laughs> we'll dive into his relationship with music, learn how he stays creative, and what song he's loving right now. This is Kevin Kinney. Hello. 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 Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are y'all doing? How is everything going on your end today? Um, well, I'm, uh, you know, putting my little studio here together in my, in my attic and, uh, I've been doing some paintings. Uh, so they're like, they're like children's books, uh, paintings. I see those. How, how you do this. They're, they're over there. Uh, how do weathermen do that? Like, and there's a storm front coming. Yeah. So, well, um, they just know to point at the green screen behind them. Yeah, I know. They did good. <laughs> um, so I'm learning a lot about, uh, how to function in this, <coughs> in this, um, I've never gone this many, I've never gone this long without a, a concert. So it's, it's a little challenging trying to figure out, uh, how to get my exercise and how to get my, um, just to get my, uh, my general anger and just everything out like I used to in a rock and roll show. Hey, Anna. Sure. I'll have something to drink. <laughs> Uh, so, cause I know that you, you travel a lot or you, you used to before this pandemic. And I know you've been doing some online shows to kind of help get your music out and connect with fans, but that seems to be all we have at the moment. Yeah. I've been, I've been enjoying having a TV show. It's been challenging, you know, figuring out how to communicate to just the screen here. And then, you know, I'm also not used to staring at myself when I'm doing stuff, so that's kind of weird. Um, you know, I'm used to just closing my eyes and I'm playing, but yeah, I'm learning a lot about, um, I've been uh, really diving into like early songs and weirder songs. I've been doing, I'm kind of working on a, I'm working on a, a book kind of like I'm doing a, uh, getting all my lyrics together here. So I have like a, about 125 songs that I like. So, um, I'm just kind of putting together a listening a lot to myself and writing down the lyrics. I've never done that before. I've never really had a computer before. So this is like, I got this about a month before this thing, whole thing started mm-hmm. just so I could start writing down some of these ideas. And then, uh, luckily, you know, I got it just in time for this kind of meetings and podcasts and things like that. So yeah. it's, it's been fun, you know, just kind of going through, uh, my my stuff and you know it's kind of like readdressing some of my songs you know i use a capo so i can you know, change the key and you know do all sorts of fun stuff with it and yeah so you know i'm keeping myself busy kind of retooling some of your existing music and well, I'm, yeah i'm learning how to i guess so i'm i'm learning mostly how to not panic about not doing shows you know i it's uh, the shows for Driving to Crying, we are a live band, so, mm-hmm. you know, we play every 10 days, you know, I play or they play every 10 days, so it's been a challenge, you know, but, you know, it'll be over someday. Yeah. And I'm, cool. I'm trying to, I'm trying to not get to the point where I'm going back to work and I'm like, oh, I had those two months off and I didn't do anything at all. And, you know, so I'm enjoying my, I'm enjoying my, myself best I can. 
Well, good. Yeah. Well, and I know one of the, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was creativity and cause I know you're a very creative individual and I know just from looking at your office, the background of your office with all your drawings and paintings, just ways that you channel that creativity. And, you know, they say sometimes musicians, they are painters and that's one way they can get out their creativity and I didn't know if you had any other sort of methods that you use to tap into your specific creativity. I don't think, uh, I think that I'm not, I'm not any more creative than anybody else. I just have lost the filter. <laughs> <laughs> I just go, this is a terrible painting. I'm actually not going to throw it away. Uh, this is an okay song. I'm going to not throw it away and maybe make it better someday. Um, you know, so I don't, I think we're all, I think everybody has the gene to be creative. Uh, you know, as I, I think I spend more time, I'm not a very, I'm not a great guitar player, but I like to write songs. I like to sing, you know, my weird little voice. Um, the paintings are just kind of like something I can do very limited. It takes, you know, my wife is a painter. So, you know, the psychic energy she puts into a painting to me is mesmerizing because I, I don't have that kind of, you know, it takes a lot out of you. Like when I do finish a record, I'm exhausted. Um, but yeah, I'd like to do the painting thing for fun. You know, I mean, I, you know, and, uh, you know, for all the people out there that, you know, are, understand that they're, they're not, they're basically glorified autographs is what I call them. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you know, Hey, I've, you know, but for all the art students out there, like, man, that folk singer, man, his paintings are really like childish. I will say, well, I've sat through a lot of, uh, I've sat through a lot of, uh, artists who, uh, start bands. Mm-hmm. So I've sat through your, your shows. <laughs> I sat through your, I thought you were a painter. I'm a musician now. Really? Okay. Check it out. <laughs> Amazing. So you're you're as good a musician as I am artist. We're even there. So uh but um no I'm not talking about you. Oh. Wait, is this your wife? Yeah, this is, is this Anna. The the what painter? That's the opposite. Whoa. What is that? It's the oatmeal coffee. Oh the oatmeal coffee. Yeah, this is Anna over here, but she's not Hello. <laughs> Well, if you can see yourself. Oh. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we were talking about Arthur. Yeah, she's a real artist. You can see her stuff on Anna Jensen. What is it? Anna Jensen Art. Anna Jensen Art. If you go to Anna Jensen Art, you'll see what I'm see what I'm talking about. Her, well, I'll make sure to link it in the blog post too. Yeah, do that. Yeah. So, so you're having coffee with oat milk, and then is that a liquor drink that you also got? Is it liquor in here? No. This tastes really weird. It's okay. That's okay, but I like it. It would taste it better. It was in your... I was just wondering, there's not brandy in it, is there? your blue solo cup. You could... <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is. It might be brandy. We're just, we have no idea. We have, I have no idea where, where I am. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a huge RV that never left the trailer park. We're not luscious. We're not luscious now. No. <laughs> I mean, I haven't had I haven't had a sip of anything all day yet, but um, I have no idea. So, um, let me okay. So, 
Let me address some of your questions. Yeah. You've been nice enough to see me. Um, What's your but, earliest memory of music? Yes. You, let's go way back. So am I supposed to ask you that question? Or? No, I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think my earliest me. memory of my earliest memory of music, I'll tell you my earliest memory of live music. Okay. It was a band uh that played up the street from us in the in the parking lot of the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in the front yard. It was about four blocks away from our house. I remember hearing like the the drums echoing off of the off of the houses and stuff. And so uh I remember riding up there with my friends, like, "Oh my God, I think there's a band!" And it was a band. It was like this. It was in the '60s, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess it's probably seven or eight or nine, which meant it's '69 or '68 or something like that. And um. And there they were, this band, and they had, uh, they were, they looked like that, they looked like Paul Revere and the Raiders, but they were probably just like a, a local version of some, somebody said they were Michael and the Messengers, which was, they, I think they were way too famous to play the, mm-hmm. the parking lot at that time. But I remember standing there, like getting, like the closer you stood to the stage, the louder it was. I was like, wow, I kind of dig this. This is cool. So that's the first memory I have that's very vivid of an actual, of like, the the memory of hearing of following the live music that you heard coming from a parking lot and like you're just following it you're like yeah okay and then you're like oh there it is. I, I bet it's over there and then you're like you go there and you get closer and closer and the, I mean so I don't know I still have that memory when uh, I played a thing in Charleston for the dogs little like the last gig I did before this <laughs> and it was a really cool it was like it was a weird day though it was like the coldest day of the year for some reason. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember. It was over there by like Ashley Phosphate Road or it was like a park, a really cool little park amphitheater out there. It was, I did it for the dogs. Um, Was it at the bend? Was that the name of it? It could have been. Yeah. It was, it was like dog stock or wolf stock or. Oh, wolf. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Wolf stock. (laughs) Yeah. I just loved it. I loved it. But yeah, when the other, I was walking around and when the other bands were playing, I could, you know, hear them in the distance, you know, as I I was just kind of looking at all the little booths and stuff. And that memory popped right back in my head, like follow the drums, follow the drums. Mm -hmm. They will lead you to the, they will lead you. (laughs) Well, you know, and it's so funny that you talk about live music because I was listening to your interview that you did recently back in November with Richard Todd from 105.5, the bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, And you guys were talking about your, the old days of 96 wave. And when it was in a house. Yes. Well, well, didn't, did you guys, you played Wavefest though? We played Wavefest, but our relationship with them goes back before Wavefest actually. We were, it was the critic and, uh, I think with Ton and I can't remember who, but it was like in a house and they had like mm-hmm. tapestries up and they had some, they had a bong and I remember smoking pot and, you know, place that we should uh, all be at right now. <laughs> yeah, I smoke pot anyway, but, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, that was, that was, so that was a fun, that was a really good era though. It was, uh, it was very free form. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a cool FM kind of, it was like the DJs brought their own records and stuff like that. It was a groovy scene. And then Wavefest was huge. Yeah. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. was at Wavefest. I mean, you know, it was, 
we were honored just to be asked to play there, you know, because uh, it was like Flaming Lips and I think, and I don't remember who all the people, but if they were, they were huge, you know. It was part of that first, the Sister Hazel kind of like, you know, rock and roll era. Mm-hmm. So, so if we're comparing that era of Charleston music scene to the current Charleston music scene, I almost, would you say it's almost like apples to oranges or how have you seen the evolution change? Do you think the listening, like people still listen the same way? Do you think people still, still interact the same way? I think so. I mean, I have, I think it's, it's still one of my favorite cities because I think people listen the best there, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have to play the hits right away that people are patient enough to like kind of absorb the show, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've always appreciated that. Um, I know there's a lot of cool venues now. I mean, I really love the, uh, I'm, you know, I'm getting the Royal. The Royal. Royal yeah. I like that place a lot. There's a lot of, there's a lot more, more, I think, smaller kind of punk jazzy kind of things that are, I'm, I'm aware of now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it'll all, you know, it all depends on if it gets priced out or not. You know, if, 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 you know, Bohemians usually come into neighborhoods, reclaim them, polish them up, and then right after that, people come through and either demolish it or, quadruple the rents and kick us out and then we have to go find more places to find so it's you know it starts off with like you know like there's a song on my new record called free ain't free on the new driver crime record which is about like people pushing people out but also you know like in atlanta there's a lot of uh, a lot of middle class black families that have lived in their homes worked at they worked at gm and they worked at uh they worked at you know they worked they had factory jobs and they're you know had a had a life and then they passed away and left their house to their wife. And Mm -hmm. then the hipsters moved in. And then after the hipsters moved in, the developers moved in and then now everybody's out. And now, you know, so, you know, they raised the property taxes. So these people can't afford to live there anymore. So Mm -hmm. uh, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a great law in San Francisco. I know that I've, I've been, you know, that I, I wish Atlanta had that was that capped the property taxes at what you would bought would have bought the uh, the property for. Like there's a bar there called the Saloon in uh, North Beach in San Francisco, and it's just a dive. It's like a couple forty watt bulbs, a, st- a small stage, and it's right in prime you know billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how does this place stay alive? They go, well, you know. San Francisco has, you know, they bought it in the thirties and they're still paying 1930s property taxes, you know? So, you know. Well, and that's the way to do it too. And I, um, you know, you see that a lot in downtown Charleston and then in particular, you know, in Atlanta, I feel like you see a lot of that, like in East Atlanta, like that area. Yeah. It's kind of the gentrification and pushing the individuals that have been there for so long out of those neighborhoods. And so what happens there is art follows that. So once East Atlanta becomes like, you know, gentrified or something like that, it's like Brook, I've seen that happen in Brooklyn. What, what's the first thing they do when they buy a McMansion and, and oh, they start calling the police about people parking on their street because there's a, the vent, the, the bar's still over there. 
Yeah. You know, I was like, hey, you moved in here when there was a freaking bar there. Why are you, why are you pretending like it didn't exist? Happened a lot in Brooklyn, you know, you know, the people moved in, they reclaimed their buildings, they made a million dollar condo out of them. And then the bar that was downstairs that had been there since the eighties was now getting noise complaints from the guy that moved in from Connecticut eight months ago. And it was nonstop and they had to close, you know, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, you I have a lot of, I have a lot of complaints about where to do art at, Yeah. but I think it's, I, I think the Facebook thing is, you know, I had a snafu with it where they didn't know where I was broadcasting from and they, and they can't, they blocked me from my site or something. <laughs> so I had to like, I had to find other people to like find me. And then I had, had oh, to go, you know, I had to go through somebody else's site and, Mm-hmm. So, you know, but that's what we did in the old days, in the punk rock days is, you know, we didn't have, uh, there was a, a lot of bars just allowed cover bands to play. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, so you had to find a church or, you know, not, well, not an old, maybe an old church, but you had to find a bar that had a wedding hall in the back. And then you talk to the guy into letting you have it for the night. And, you know, he wants 80 bucks. But then you get to charge money and you bring in your own PA and you create your own scene and then people would follow that. And that, that was half of the fun was finding, finding the, you know, the yeah, where's, the, where the are they playing yeah. tonight? It's like, where's that Crunchyroll playing tonight? Oh, they're playing the Irene J's or they're playing the, the squeak box or the, you know, it's like, okay, let's all go. Let's go. So, so why do you, why do you think that doesn't happen anymore? It's not that common because that would well, be. Well, I think it does happen. It just, uh, my son is in a DUI, DIY kind of, uh, kind of scene where those punk rock kids, man, they, they're keeping it alive, man. Uh, there's a lot of great bands out there. Charleston's got a lot of great bands. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, what is it? She goes to war. Is that a band? She like returns from war. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, Hunter Park, she's very talented. Yes, fantastic. You should have them. They should play with you guys. You guys should. I think they did once at the Royal Crown, maybe. Yeah. Oh, the Royal American? Royal American, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. Was that the one by the highway? Mm-hmm. Yeah, on, uh, okay. on Morrison Avenue. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's downtown, but you're not, like, in downtown proper. You Right. I love that place. Tracks. What's the Royal Crown? Is that different? The Royal Crown? I don't... Okay. I'm confused. That might be in another city. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, um, musicians, they'll always find a place to play. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll always, we'll always figure it out somehow. So I think and we're playing Charleston. I think we're playing the Windjammer on the 3rd of well, July. July 3rd is the next show I have you guys. It's and that's, I think that's July our first week. show. It's going to be our first show. So. And okay, so that was gonna be my next question: is that this show live on the beach is not canceled? It's not canceled. No. Okay, good. We gotta make. According to the emails I got, they're still they're selling tickets for it. So good. It should be quite the celebration. (laughs) Well, I mean, and I think that starting in June, a lot of shows are gonna start coming back up, and music venues and like musicians like yourself. I mean, they're ready. We're ready to get back out there and have live music and hear people play. I probably won't be taking many selfies, but you know, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll gladly, I'll gladly perform, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so you have your guitar in your lap. Does that mean you're going to like play a little bit of a song for us? Um, just, just, just a comfort to rest. I just have the, I just have it to, as a comfort, as a comfort zone. 
Okay. I could, I could, I could try a song. Okay. Because I a stack of those, yeah, a stack of them right there. Yeah, there's some here. Oh, here's more. How do you uh, organize all of these? Since, because you said that was a stack of 150. Yeah, I don't, I don't have, I had to re, I had to rewrite the other ones. Because, <laughs> uh, oh wait, I think I just dropped the bottle. Uh oh. That's okay. It's okay. Let me see what I got going on here. Um, I'm looking for one. What's the difference? Saving Grace. I had one called Upside Down, Round and Round. I like that's the one I've been singing to myself all day. Let me see if I can find it. Okay. It's from a record that Sadler Vaden helped us make. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called uh, the Psychedelic Sound Clocker. Psychedelic. Psychedelic Time Clock. Well, and you've been playing with Sadler for quite quite a few years now. Yeah, we've yeah we started playing with him. Yeah, a while ago. I don't remember. Okay, so here's a, here's a song. I, I need to practice it anyway. Okay, and you don't but, you, you can do as much or as little as you as you feel comfortable. Okay. Okay, I'll see how this out. I know that. Upside down, round and round. It's all upside down and around. Climb inside the word. Take the letter when you go. I don't think I'll need it. At least until I'm sure. Five dimensions toppled up. It's all upside down. Sun is setting in the east. Flowers blooming in the fall. Upside down, round and round. I'm stepping off the platform of the subway travel time. At the station exit, it's 1969. Flowers, rainbows, dancing children, saw me in their choir. I don't think I'll see you, it's not for a while. It's all upside down and round and round. It's all upside down and around and around. Somebody had that. Well, there you go. Thank I didn't get, I didn't warm up, so I can't really sing that high, but. That's okay. It's inside the word. Take the ladder when you go. So it's giving me an excuse. These kind of things are to practice because it's like being a comedian. It's like without an audience, you don't really know how to gauge it and. Yeah, I mean, you can't just like set up a mic in your living room as a comedian and start doing your shtick. <laughs> yeah. It's like, unless you're just really practicing on like bombing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really want to teach myself how to have a, how to, how to have a terrible show. It's like, oh, okay, we'll just, yeah. <laughs> Do you practice a lot in front of your wife? 
since you've been quarantined? Has she been your go-to audience so far? If you need no, to I don't really, more? not really. I think she probably would like that. Yeah. Well, I got another month, so we'll see. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to leave the house for another month. You know, so. Yeah. yeah, well, you got a you know, month saying, until huh? the wind jam. You got a month until the wind jammer. So. You got a month until the wind jammer, you know. Time to start, you know, time to start laying off the, the desserts and, the, <laughs> you know, it's time to start, you know, get, get, getting fit. And, uh, you know, outside of walking the dogs, I really don't have very much of a, uh, uh, I don't have much of a, um, An exercise reg- regimen. I don't know what to do. I just, I don't know. I don't, what about you can't really, yoga. I golf sometimes. I've okay. never done yoga. My wife does yoga a lot. Well, she does all that stuff. I don't really do, I don't know, I haven't ever done yoga yet, so maybe, in, maybe end of June, I'll be a yoga addict. There you go, and that's something that's you good. can in your home. Because you want to use the word addict with something positive like yoga, so I'll be a yoga, I'll be a yoga fan, a fan of yoga. A yoga. There you go. I'll be a, a yogi. Yoga fanatic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's see here. Uh, so I know we are coming down to our last question, and I'm really okay to get your answer on this. So a little bit of background for you. I end my podcast interviews with the same question every single time. And I ask okay. the like individual what their entrance song is. And do you, do you know what an entrance song is? Like the song we use before we walk on stage? Yeah. So, and that's your personal song. Like you're, you're walking out. So what gets you amped up? And it, could be just maybe this current moment. There's a song that's really jiving with you, or maybe you have got Well, I did one the other day. Well, I did a show. Well, I changed up on my, on my little show. Uh, the mm-hmm. other day I did, um, I did a, I have a show. It's called free parking. So, uh, <laughs> I've done, uh, cause you park yourself in front of your TV type rider here. There you go. And you, you do stuff. So. I did one, I did, I've done, uh, every other Friday night I do them. I'm doing one this Friday, the 29th at eight o'clock. And then in two weeks, the June 12th and then June 26th, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm not sure what my intro music for that will be, but, uh, for my West Coast, I did a special one for the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Where is he on here? I know I bought it. Where was it? Um, Hold on one second. It's kind of weird. I don't know. It kind of doesn't let me find it for some reason. Oh, because I got it spelled wrong. Duh. Oh. I'm an idiot. So this is the one I had for my West Coast. It was called, uh, Tupac Shakur. Ooh. California Love was the name of the song. Yes. So. The great thing. My wife is a huge two-pack fan, especially. Wait, your wife is a two-pack yeah, so, yeah, so. That was my walk-on music and my walk-on music for the last show I just did, uh, on yeah. Saturday night. California. Well, um, I'm not sure what my, my new ones will be. Um, I was thinking of doing this one, uh, for, for, for this week. There you go. 
it's waiting for. And my time is running wild. I'm in mean, dead end streets. And every time I thought I got it made, it seemed the taste was not so sweet. So I turned myself to face me. I've never caught a glimpse of how the others receive the car. I'm much too fast to take that test. Welcome to Par- Free Parking with Kelly Kitty. Something like that. I like this one. Yeah. But, you know, I love David Bowie, so. How could you not? I love David Bowie. Maybe I'll tell my. Maybe I'll talk about my David Bowie story, uh, that, that show. Wait, so, David Bowie story? I do, but I, I, I'll ruin it if I tell it now. Okay. So then, so what you, all right. So why, right, we'll close it with you. Why don't you tell everyone, how can people find you? How can people follow you? How can they get your show? Cause we all want to tune in. Cause we all want to hear this David Bowie. Okay. Story. So how do we, how do we watch you? How do we follow you? Give us all of the, the links. Well, I think it's, well, I think it's driving and crying. Okay. And also, of course, driveandcrying.com. I think and Kevin Kenny, I think I have a page too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and then this is the Facebook thing I'm doing. It's called free parking. Free parking. And the, the name of my show is called free parking. And I don't know if you can see, here's my, here's my poster I made for it. I don't know if, is that re- reflecting? Be there, be square. Yes. You also posted this on your Instagram feed. Be there, be square. Yeah, it's on Instagram. I put it on there. But it's, it's the 29th of May. It says, be there, be square. And then the guy, and that, and then that really handsome young man is saying, oh, heck yeah, I'll be there. eh? (laughs) Oh, sure. I'll be there. So. Okay. That makes any sense. But, um, I should guess I print that out. I'm going to print that out. Tune in next, next Friday night to hear the David Bowie story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you check it out. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. So if I tell it, I don't, I don't want to tell it too many times. Otherwise, it'll be weird. But let me see. I'm learning how to use a printer. I got a printer. Oh. <laughs> oh no. This is all very exciting. Like your, your battle station over here, like your new computer and your printer and everything. I know. And I have a hammer. Oh, hell. I mean. Nailing up um, nails so I can hang up my cords. And then I have a, a flying buffalo one hitter that comes in handy. Some harmonicas. All you need is a because bottle of whiskey, and you're ready to roll. You don't need. To I got a bottle of whiskey here. Well, uh, this was the band well. I was a roadie for in the '70s. They're called the Haskells. Uh huh. See their thing. That's a great record. Yeah. What's the name of the record? It's called the Haskells. Mm-hmm. It's just the Haskells. Oh, okay. Milwaukee Punk circa 1979. I was a roadie. Uh, I got, this is my, one of my favorite records. It's called Psychedelic Soul by the Temptations. Mm. Check that out. Next time you're sitting around with your friends and, and you're thinking about, um, oh, oh, interesting. Well, I kind of printed it out, but <laughs> here it is. Let's see it. There it is. Kevin Kinney, Free Parking, Episode 3, Friday, May 29th at 8 p.m. on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And then for some reason, the whole thing didn't print out, but that's okay. Um, I'm having a printing. And here's my inspiration Let's for my music and my painting. A little bobblehead. Oh, Bob Ross. 
I love you, America. <laughs> a bird on his head. So that's kind of cool. I also have the, I also have the Bob Ross Chia head. Oh, damn. Which I'm about to start using. But he looks a little chubby in this one. He looks more like a alcoholic. Did you see at an old, like, fishing bar? But, He's, um, yeah, a little more full, full faced in that one. A little more full faced. <laughs> I don't think they did him justice on that one, to be honest. I think so. he's better looking as a bobblehead than a chia pet. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, so Kevin Kinney, um, yes. do you have any parting words? We do want to make sure that we let everyone know that you guys driving and crying will be playing the Windjammer on July 3rd. This will be y'all's first show post quarantine. Yes, this is very, I think this will be our first show. Okay. I, I think unless there's something before it, I don't, you know, uh, everything was canceled, so I don't know. Okay. But uh, just check the Driving and Crying site down there. Uh, Gene, Catherine, and Tim live down there in Charleston, and so if you run into them in the Publix, ask them about us. Um, Tim's got the Driving and Crying store up and running, so he's got some special merchandise and things that are fun to buy before the show or things having to do with the virus or something. I, I'm not quite sure, but it looked cool. Um, the... uh uh and uh I'm just gonna be out here kinda uh practicing my songs and uh learning some new stuff and uh having a crew appreciation, management appreciation, all sorts of appreciate things I'm appreciating now that they're they're not uh you know, it's not it's I don't take it for granted as much, you know, having so many different uh you know, I used to having other people do stuff for me, like adjust my mic for me and <laughs> now my we're guitar, ourselves. my guitar for me and all sorts <laughs> of fun stuff but you know but uh i'm I'm glad that our first first show is gonna be charleston bound though you know oh, yeah. of, of course it's my city man I, I i used to play i mean my era there is you know when i played cumberlands and stuff like that was really one of the really uh it was a real safe zone for me you know i was going through a lot of hard times and uh it was a, uh, the, the, the guys that ran it, uh, um, Tim and Sinu, Sine, um, good people. Mm-hmm. Cumberlands. I wish they would open that room back up. I don't know. They closed it and they never put anything back in there. You didn't. And I got the privilege to go once before it closed, but I just, did you? I did. Those are, was a, did you have fun? <laughs> yeah. From what I recall. Yeah, the, I had some, I mean, I drove my father down there. I, I, I rented a tour bus just to bring my dad there once. Okay, he was visiting from Seattle. Hell yeah. Said, let's just run a, let's just run a bus and go down there. I think Evan McCain had a, rented us his bus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have a lot of great memories of that neighborhood, but I was, it's weird that nobody's ever been able to open that up or who owns that building. So mm-hmm. that would be really cool. I did a really cool show there. I did after the day after I did the, What's it called? The Music Hall or? Uh, the Charleston Music Hall? The Mu- Charleston Music Hall. I think I played with Jeremy Crying like on, in November. Mm-hmm. I played a little jazz bar across the, uh, kind of across the street. I don't oh, know what it was called. Uh, Forte. Forte. That's it. I had a really good time there. I'm going to come back and do a folk show there. Great space, right? Yeah. That might be my new folk, my new folk hang. I don't know. 
I liked it. It was a cool space. The people that owned it were very groovy. So Yeah. And it's a great intimate spot too, where you have just enough amount of people and the sound is really good in there. It's I thought so. I thought it, I thought it could really be a good good scene over there. I'm sure it's packed. The jazz part of it, I'm sure Fridays and Saturdays, I'm sure are just slam. I'm sure it's a cool, a cool go-to place, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. And they even do comedy shows in there now too, which is. Oh, that's better. That's a, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin Canning, do you have? Oh, is this wait? Is this your gin and tonic? Wait, what is that? That's my gin and tonic in my nineteenth whole cup. Yeah. <laughs> See, I feel bad. I'm drinking water. I should have fixed a proper drink to hang out. Well, that's okay. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it at the the Windjammer in July. It comes to the Windjammer. Yeah. I will be there. <laughs> Um, so do you have any parting words before we part ways? Um, no. No? <laughs> Not really. You know, uh, to be bartenders, to be friends, to be mom, to be cow. Remember, life is too cheap to drink short wine. Um, I will now return you to re- your regularly scheduled program. I could not have said it better myself. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Is that working? 